0: Hi, it's your pal, Steamed Hams. Join me as I discuss topics in the nerd world, such as gaming, movies, cartoons, toys, and whatever else may have you. You can find me on the socials of Hams 81 on Twitch, Twitter, I'm currently known as X, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, and as the Unforgettable Luncheon on Facebook. Also, check out Steamed Hams Mergatorium. Links to all are in the description ...of this podcast. And don't forget to try my new fan mail link... ...where you can send me a text and tell me how I'm doing. Click that link and send me a message. The Unforgettable Luncheon. Nerd comedy at its okayest The first-person shooter is among one of the most popular genres of modern gaming. From Doom, to Halo, to Call of Duty who doesn't get to fulfill their hero fantasy watching a gun bob up and down as you run around giving involuntary, high-velocity lead implants to bad guys. But, do you know where it all started? With a 1981 stealth game that didn't focus on unaliving people. Today, we're talking about Wolfenstein, Call of Duty's grandpa, today on the Unforgettable Luncheon. It's your Steamed Hams. I hope you're ready for another unforgettable luncheon. The Wolfenstein franchise is an action-adventure series set in World War II that launched the first-person shooter genre. The Wolfenstein we know and love involves running around a castle in World War II, slaughtering German soldiers, and wrecking their regime. Now, before we go any further, I'm putting up a disclaimer. I'm referring to the enemies in Wolfenstein as enemy soldiers, because I'm not getting in trouble over mentioning the political party they were affiliated with. So deal with it. The Wolfenstein Games actually started in 1981 as Castle Wolfenstein from Muse Software, where you play as an unnamed American spy in World War II, escaping imprisonment in Castle Wolfenstein, while stealing files and war plans on the way out. Now, killing enemy soldiers actually took a backseat to evasion, disguises, and disarming them. The object of the game was stealth. You only killed if you had to. The game's rooms were procedurally generated, and you were armed with only a 10-round pistol and 3 grenades. If you found the battle plans prior to leaving, you got promoted. The game starts again, and the complexity increases. Now, I've never played this, but I have checked it out on YouTube because, well, good luck finding a copy of this game, you know, at least for me. A fun fact, if you were to die by enemy hands the maze stays the same, and just you restart. But if you're a dumbass and fall on your own grenade, the maze regenerates into a completely new one. It was a highly rated game, and it set the standard for future stealth games. It birthed a sequel, Beyond Castle Wolfenstein, in 1984. It followed your unnamed spy on a mission into a bunker where a certain World War II leader with goofy facial hair is holding meetings with his generals. The mission is to plant a bomb outside their meeting room and run before the Kaboom wrecks the bunker. Where's the Kaboom? There was supposed to be an earth-shattering Kaboom! In this version, the grenades were replaced by a knife that you can use to do stealth kills. A pass and bribe system was also introduced. If you don't match the pass type or your bribe is not enough, the guards will either attack you or sound the alarm. You could also move dead guards' bodies to hide them or to get to other areas, or to even block a door. Uh, it was rated lower than its predecessor since it didn't make a whole lot of improvements graphically. And unlike the uh, first, the layout and passes never changed, so you, once you memorize things, you could breeze through the game. So, I mean, it had pretty low replay value after a while. Muse would go under in 1987, ending the series. Or did it? In 1991, the newly formed id Software, founded by John Carmack, John Romero, Tom Hall, and Adrian Carmack, decided to do a 3D remake of Castle Wolfenstein. They wanted to add the stealth elements like moving and hiding bodies, but realized that slowed down the game. So it went full run and gun. You play the now-named William B.J. Blaskowitz in the six-episode game. It's actually interesting how this game got out there. Uh, the first episode was released as Shareware. Uh, Shareware, for those of you who didn't grow up in the 80s, 90s, was software that would be just released for free to the public. And the idea was you had this, you had this program, this game, and you're like, hey, dude, I have this cool game. You want to try it and you let your friend install it on their computer. And the idea was this was kind of like how you get game trials these days with Xbox and PlayStation, you know, where you get, it's kind of like a small taste. It was the first episode of the uh, series. So it was 10 levels. And then you had to pay for the rest if you wanted the rest of the stuff or to unlock it after a certain point. Now, the other five episodes were available for purchase. That's how you unlocked pretty much. I did actually own all six episodes back in the day, so there's that. The first episode was the classic escape from Castle Wolfenstein. You started armed with a pistol and a knife and must traverse 10 levels to escape imprisonment in Castle Wolfenstein. You gather two other guns along the way, a rifle and a minigun, known back then as a gun. Uh, interestingly enough, you shared ammo through all three guns. You got 99 rounds. And a gun ain't one. I'm going to take that out. You got 99 rounds, all shared through three wildly different guns. I mean, they all did different levels of damage, but still. But that's like me trying to put a 9mm round in a shotgun and A, expecting it to fire and B, do the same thing as a shotgun shell. But it's a video game, so suspension of disbelief? You also collected treasures along the way because they just happen to have a bunch of gold just lying around. And if you're hurt, there's med packs and food for you. Because they just left uh, plates randomly with a chicken drumstick and potatoes just laying in the middle of a dungeon. Jeez, no wonder you guys lost the war. Poor resource management. The other episodes focused on different missions. Like the second episode, where you battled zombie soldiers with bladed hands and a third hand in their chest holding a pistol. Oh, they went all out on that one. I I, I just want to know how that worked. You know? just what what kind of you know what suspension disbelief we're not going to go into it the third your mission was to kill their supreme leader with the mustache who shows up in a mech suit with four chain guns i shit you not this man had four chain guns in a mech suit a 40s mech suit that was honestly my favorite level in all of the 60 levels i had a save file just to go there and whoop his ass and the the fun part was, like, when you bust up the suit, he jumps out, and he's still holding two chain guns, one in each hand, and, and just firing wildly at you. I'm like, I know how a minigun works. That sucker will—you you can't, you, you can't hand handhold that thing. I mean, Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura have done it, but no, you can't do that. <laughs> so, the other three missions were prequel missions called the Nocturnal Missions, which, don't me, just realize sounds like something else. nocturnal missions they were focused on dismantling different war plans and whatnot including a missile program and chemical warfare now i absolutely fucking love this game i still have it on my xbox it had a prequel standalone episode uh that was released retail called the sphere of destiny the sphere of destiny for those of you who don't know is a real artifact um that is uh, a spear that had pierced the side of Jesus on the cross to ensure that he had, in fact, passed on. You know, to they made sure that he was not living anymore, and they poked him just to be sure, pretty much. The enemy army stole it from Versailles, and it's up to B.J. to get it back. Two sequels to that were made, were released you know, where once again it's stolen and BJ has to reclaim it. Jeez, what are they using for security in the thing? A deadbolt made from a Cheeto and an elderly guard who's asleep at the desk while a rerun of Three's Company plays on the old TV next to him? Wow. The franchise laid dormant until 2001, with Return to Castle Wolfenstein being released. And this reimagining... B.J. escapes imprisonment in Castle Wolfenstein after stumbling upon an enemy plan called Operation Resurrection, which they plan to raise the dead to use in the war. Again, shit like this is a good reason why they lost. You have no idea how much time and manpower they legitimately put into the occult. I mean, that's how we got two Indiana Jones movies. You know, the the Ark of the Covenant and the, the Holy Grail. I mean they would have had a better time finding the holy grail if they just got monty python but you know they plan to resurrect an ancient king to fight for them because a king yeah he's just gonna say oh you brought him back to life i'm gonna serve you no, That king back in the days i'm a king you're all my subjects bow bitches yeah but these guys are morons so of course they resurrect him and he kills or enslaves all the enemy personnel there, BJ has to come and fuck that dude up. I mean, which he does. I mean, what's the point of the game if you die? I mean, did you think this was going to end any other way? A loose remake of this, called Wolfenstein the Old Blood, was released in 2015, which itself was a prequel to the 2014 Wolfenstein the New Order, which we'll get to in a minute. Now, a sequel to this one was released in 2009, simply titled Wolfenstein. In this entry, BJ finds a medallion with cool magic powers aboard an enemy ship. After escaping the ship, BJ takes this medallion to his command, and upon research, found that using the medallion can uh, take him to a place between our dimension and a dimension known as the Black Sun, in a little kind of pocket area called the Veil. Of course, the enemy plans to use this power to win the war, and we can guess how that panned out. It also introduced um, a character which I believe was a boss in Wolfenstein 3D called uh, named Death's Head, who will show up later on in the 2014 reboot. Um, now, this medallion needed these special stones called Nightstones uh, Night to power it. And it was in one specific town in Germany where all these crystals happened to be. Kind of weird. And, yeah, you collected those, powered it up, got to do cool shit with the medallion. It was a fun game, actually. I didn't mind it, you know. Um, I mean, it it updated the old Wolfenstein where you now had more guns, you know, and then just the simple three, and you even had energy guns, which was freaking cool. So, I mean, they did that for both the 2001 and 2009. Um, they're pretty good. I, I remember playing Wolfenstein. I don't recall if I... No, I did play Return to Castle Wolfenstein. I got my hands on that at one point, but yeah. Now, in 2014, the franchise got a bit, bit of a reboot with Wolfenstein, The New Order. It began with a last-ditch effort by the Allied forces, led by, of course, BJ, to defeat General Wilhelm Deathshead Strass leader of a special branch of the enemy dedicated to experimental tech and human experimentation, which unfortunately was a real thing with them. You're captured and have to choose saving either Scottish pilot Fergus Reed or U.S. Army private Probst Wyatt. During the escape, BJ suffers a severe head injury and stays the next 14 years in a catatonic state in a Polish asylum. When enemy soldiers show up to exterminate all the patients and staff in 1960, B.J. awakens and does what he does best, and escapes with a surviving nurse, Anya. They escape to Anya's grandparents' farm, where B.J. learns the U.S. lost the war and the enemy army took over, and captured many resistance fighters. They smuggle B.J. and Anya through a checkpoint, where the two travel by train to Berlin. They meet a secondary antagonist for the game, Frau Engel, who is just fucking Looney Tunes? This this woman is there. There's a few bricks missing from her building. I'll tell you what, she is screwy as fuck. Okay, they arrive in Berlin, where they break into Eisenwald prison, and they pull a rock there and rescue resistance members. And they find with them whichever man Bj spared in the first mission. So if you let whoever you let live between Fergus and Wyatt is the one you'll find. They escape to a hideout for the resistance and they find that the reason the enemy had won the war is they had come upon ancient tech called dot yishud if I'm pronouncing that right it's been a while since i played the game and reverse engineered some of its technology to make robots, energy weapons and a super concrete that was basically indestructible. But, of course, somebody's been sabotaging the concrete to make it susceptible to mold and making it fall apart, which is a dick move, but excellent. Um, And it's found to be someone in the prison camp that's making the cement or making the concrete. So BJ infiltrates the camp, meets Set, who is the man doing it, believe it or not. um, And he helps him with a device that can override the control of the robots. So they use the device to, well, injure Frau Engel. Free the prisoners and escape. The resistance captures a U-boat submarine and find this one is capable of firing nuclear warheads. Because we gotta bring nukes into this, of course. But they need to get a lunar uh, to a lunar research base to get them. You know, to get the codes to fire these things. And yeah, they went to the moon because it's the 60s. Why not? BJ gets the codes. And the resistance hideout was attacked while he was gone, unfortunately. Most of the members were captured. Uh, He mounts a rescue at Death's Head's compound. Once the prisoners are freed, BJ heads up to Death's Head's workshop to find the preserved brain of whoever BJ let die in the first mission uh, is in the possession of Death's Head. And he put in a robot, because why not? BJ destroys the robot and puts his friend to rest. Deathset climbs into a giant mech to fight BJ, who, of course, kicks his fucking ass. A grenade goes off, killing Deathset and critically wounding BJ. He tells the Resistance, once the remaining members are safely far away, fire the nuke on his location. It ends there. Or does it? 2017's Wolfenstein 2: The New Colossus, picks up five months after the previous game. B.J. awakens from a coma after his injuries at the end of the New Order. The submarine-slash-base is attacked by good old Frau Engel, and the leader of the Resistance is killed, and some are captured. B.J. takes over leadership and continues with the plan to free America from enemy rule to use as a base to free the rest of the world from their tyrannical regime. So, it's pretty fun. You get to go to America and slaughter these guys. You also deal with... The Klan. Yeah, those guys. Oh, it feels so good to fuck up those assholes. After a mission, B.J. takes a tour to Mesquite, Texas, his hometown. He wants to recover an heirloom ring. He runs into his father, an abusive racist who's allied himself with the enemy and intends to turn B.J. over to them for a reward. He kills the scumbag, but is sentenced to death at the Lincoln Memorial. B.J. is beheaded, but his head is quickly recovered by the uh, resistance and grafted onto a captured super soldier body. So now they're all in big, big trouble. They plan to disable an airship that would attack their um, resistance fight. But to get past its automated defenses, they need a code from a base on Venus. So, yep, back to space we go because we can't ignore that one. B.J. assumes the identity of an actor who, mustache leader, wants to cast in a movie as B.J. B.J. kills him, gets the codes, and proceeds to fuck shit up on Venus. B.J. kills Engel on national TV and sparks the revolution. And fade to black on that one. One more sequel featuring B.J. and Anya's daughters, uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, was released in 2019. Honestly, It wasn't that great. I got excited because I saw, oh, Wolfenstein. But it's one of these games where it's like you play one sister and the other one is AI controlled or can be second player controlled. And it's okay, but doesn't have a whole lot of replay value to me. So try it if you want. You know, it's not that bad of a game, but it's not Wolfenstein level good. Wolfenstein was a groundbreaking game that went from stealth maze game to the granddaddy of the first-person shooter. Without it, we wouldn't have Doom, Call of Duty, Halo, or guys with no lives who spend 18 hours a day playing these games online, thinking they're combat vets because they won a whole round of Call of Duty, but still have not felt the touch of a woman. It was a truly great moment in gaming history. Well, that's it for another Unforgettable Luncheon. I hope a good time was had by all. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, that's about it. Twitch, Twitter, Instagram as uh, SteamedHams81. And you can also find me on um, Facebook as The Unforgettable Luncheon. Don't forget to check out my merch store for all your fine Unforgettable Luncheon and Steamed Hams swag. The link will be in the description of this podcast. Join me next time when the topic will be something nerdy.